Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Black Talk. I'm Lauren and I have with me Tierra and Alana. All right, guys. We can I think today we're going to start with a question that I found that I thought was pretty interesting. So, hopefully it don't make you think too much. <laughs> but basically the question is how would you feel if marriage was changed to five-year uh, intervals? So after five years, you could either opt in again or you could um, get a divorce with without it being messy. So kind of like a trial almost? <laughs> I guess. <laughs> like you can, I don't know. For like a Spotify subscription or something. Yeah. You can cancel it. <laughs> If it don't work out. I feel like marriage ideally should be for the long haul. However, I don't think some people think before they get married and that is the best option for them. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't be mad at it. I would probably just continue to renew it. To the <laughs> <to> marriage. <laughs> marriage. But yeah, I think that would be helpful for some people. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would you get like half of them like marriage benefits or something? Uh, I don't know. The question didn't consist of that, so I'm gonna say we get full, <laughs> the full um. But I don't. I feel like, I guess when I think of it, because five years is a long time. So I, I would look at it as a, like, you know how you renew, people renew their marriages after like 20 or 15 years. Mm-hmm. I guess I kind of look at it in that perspective. Like, I mean, I'm, I I think it would be kind of cool just because a lot of people do get divorced anyway, which is not a good thing, but it would save money if things were bad and you wouldn't feel necessarily trapped if you need it or right. wanted to leave and it wouldn't be yeah. expensive to do and stuff because it's a hot mess when you divorce and all that we're getting paperwork and just trying to get stuff done so i don't have anything against it i mean of course you know divorce is not for me so i probably would opt back in but if for whatever reason (laughs) i felt like i needed to divorce then i guess i'm just gonna be waiting for five more years And whatnot. <laughs> All right, so yeah, I just thought that was a cool, um, interesting question. And then just jumping into our um, crazy topics. So I know everything's been very depressing with everything going on. So I wanted to find something that I thought was interesting and kind of funny. So I found this from the UK's news. So this is not America, but it's this nail salon that has this um, boob manicure. (laughs) So how it works is like, they have different designs for whatever you want. And for this one, it looks like they have like a um, breast shaped covering, like which you can glue onto your nail. And then it covers like the um, top part of your finger. And then they made it to where each of the, I guess the covering is fitted with like a nipple so it actually will have like a white liquid to represent breast milk. Um, <laughs> I don't um, know <laughs> how many people have actually gotten that, but they have a salon in Russia and LA. So I'm sure some people have tried it out. And they revealed it on their Instagram. <laughs> no. So I just thought that was real interesting how people are, I guess, being creative to that extent. That's a bit much. <laughs> I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie and say that's not crazy, but I mean, hey, it catches attention. So if you're trying to draw in customers and whatnot, even if it's not for that, that might be good for a business <laughs> for new customers. So I just thought that was real interesting. And not gloomy, <laughs> and whatnot. So uh, I guess we can jump right into uh, today's topic. 
And do you want to, I guess, do you want to do it, Alana, since it was your uh, idea for this time? Oh, yeah. Sorry, we talked about this, like, a bit ago. Um, <laughs> today's topic, we still want to talk about the state of affairs, obviously, in the country, and this we're talking about, like, black people, so we're like, how is how we behave, how we react, all that stuff together is that something that holds us back. So I guess we could start off talking about, obviously, everything going on in the country at the moment, um, all the protests and riots and following the death, deaths of George Floyd and the Breonna Taylor, which are recipes to them, because that's obviously hard for their families. But I don't know, like, I don't want to be the only one to talk. I don't know, like, how y'all are feeling following, you know, their passing and learning about their um, deaths. How are y'all feeling and coping with it? Um, for, like, the first kind of, like, two, not two, it hasn't been two weeks. I guess, like, the first week of everything, like, I wasn't coping with it very well because, like, every time I saw that video, like, I just saw somebody I knew on the ground. So, like, it, like, mentally, like, messed me up for a long time. And... Like, with all the protests that are happening, and, like, I follow the story, like, every single day, like, every step of both of the stories, George Floyd and Breonna Taylor, like, I follow each and every step of um, the convictions and everything, so me kind of seeing them for now, like, doing what they're supposed to do when someone blatantly murders somebody is some hope but I just really hope they convict him because if they don't if they think this there's not going to be any more peaceful protesting if they don't convict him <laughs> that will just be over at that point and then like I guess like the blatant racists are just like coming out <laughs> like I've seen so many videos of people just being blatantly racist and the cops just like using excessive force like it's like no one's trying to hide it anymore so it's kind of a bittersweet because like i feel like something's changing and the people in power are going to are listening at least and Yeah, that's about it. It's a, it's not just one emotion. It's just a lot of emotions. <laughs> so that's just I'm at. I'm just tired because as sad as it sounds, like this is not the first and it's not the last. Yeah. And it just becomes to a point to where like it's like, what can you do? Because I'm I will admit this time around, it has been better with everybody protesting worldwide and not just in America, which I thought is really dope because I think a lot of people, when they think of racism and black and white, we kind of limit ourselves to America and we forget that there's black people outside of America and this racism is everywhere. So I, I've been happy with that, but at the same time, I just been kind of like, um, not uncertain, but I'm just trying to figure out if a change really is, gonna happen to the extent that we need because I feel like a lot of people especially businesses are speaking out which is great but I'm just having a hard time really identifying which people are really genuine versus those who are just trying to keep money in their pockets or trying to keep their job if that makes sense so you know and I do agree with with you with a whole racism just coming out I feel like everybody's just kind of at the point where it's like well black people are protesting so I can protest and not just black people but a lot of people are protesting so if I feel a certain type of way then I have a right to voice my opinion too which is true everybody's not going to agree but when it comes to racism it's just some things that is a no-brainer that you know is wrong but for some people I think you do have to realize that they were taught this ignorance and it's hard to unlearn something that you grew up in you know stuff like that so 
I mean, I've been sad about it. And then I just kind of been just so tired and over it as bad as that sounds. Just because I'm just kind of like, you know, kind of not desensitized, if I said that word right. But I'm just... I'm, I think I'm just kind of numb to it, which is, I know, not good either, but I'm just so tired of it. Yeah, I completely get you. I think that, like, because I work on advertising, it's a ton of conversations right now about being authentic and actually putting money behind your words because brands are getting called out for, you know, if you're just making a statement, you're just changing your bio, you're just, like, using the hashtag Black Lives Matter you're not actually doing something within your organization or for the community as a whole um it's just so tiring to constantly see something put before you and when you think of it like Trayvon Martin died when we were like eighth or ninth grade so like from then to now we have seen somebody every six months to every single year die on video and that has got to be traumatizing for people so young and like in our generation, like Gen Z. That has got to be traumatizing for us. And it's just, literally, it's like exhausted. Exhausted is the only way I can put it. Um, I just feel like there are a lot of things that go into this whole entire conversation because, you know, not all police officers are bad, but there were four officers and no one stepped in to prevent him from doing that. Not a single one of them. I forgot who it was. It was some politician saying, well, the people recording should have stepped in. Which admittedly someone could have. However, mm. they did that recording. To mm. show what happened. Like, no, th- those three other officers, none of them intervened and shoved him off with him. Like, there's just conversation to be had about accountability within police departments. Not every police department, but in those that are extremely corrupt, yeah. There are definitely conversations to be had. Um, people to fire um but yeah i just feel very tired <laughs> that was a long way to say that no i, I definitely okay. tired <laughs> i feel you so how do you what do you feel about people that want to defund like the police department and do police abolition and things like that present me with a plan that shows how we're going to be able to protect people because I was on Twitter the other day and some people talking about it. You can't simultaneously find ways to disarm people and then also ask to get rid of the police. You can't do both. You can't have both. Like, sorry, did you say something? I didn't want to cut you off here. Oh, no. Like, you can't have, you can't have both. I guess. I think there are ways to call out those who are corrupt and corrupt departments and clean those out and drain the swamp in a way, but without defunding the police department because despite its corruption in inner cities, if you get rid of the police department, you leave the most vulnerable in, in a more vulnerable position still. And I just don't... I think reform should be the concern. That's my personal opinion. I don't know how y'all feel. Um. My sister said there was a book about it. I I forgot to ask her, but I haven't really done enough research once again about police abolition to really give an input. So I think that's something I would need to do to really see exactly what it is and what that would consist of. I just want to see, like, I think it just needs to be presented to somebody, like, how much funding the police department gets and, like, what they're spending it on. Because, like, some of these police departments have really big budgets, but they don't pay their officers that much. So it's like, where's all that money going to? These nice cars they get. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've seen these. I have seen, like, these nice cars and stuff, so. Yeah. So I just think there needs to be, like, if they're, like, funding to get, like, newer weapons like you don't need i don't know like i think your gun and using deadly force should be the last resort but lately what we've seen is the last resort's being used as the first line of defense so um it would just have to be presented to me like what they spend the money on and then taking money out of 
I don't know. I don't know. And I don't think anybody knows what the answer is, but we just know something needs to be done. And like the police department has been corrupt for years. <laughs> like it's not something new. It's been forever. So it's just getting to the root of that problem. But I know Minneapolis, they're just like, they don't want the police at all. <laughs> yeah. But as Alana was saying, like, there still needs to be some form of protection, just not, like, completely get rid of the, the police department and then what? Yeah, I also feel like people think the police are, like, the only thing that should protect you, and I'm big about you knowing how to protect and defend yourself in your own household. So people, this should be the emphasis on people to get a gun license and learn how to go to the range and learn how to defend themselves in certain ways, but I don't think you should completely get rid of some form of agency to prove that's good for the civil, you know, for the civil well-being. Like, I don't think we should do that either. I don't know. I just feel like right now people are rightfully hurt and confused, and I just feel like any decision that's made too rashly will have severe repercussions if we don't think it through. And yeah, I think that's the problem too, because things have been going on for so long. Everybody's tired of being patient. But even if you look back in history with MLK, Malcolm X, and other black and of other culture, of other, I, you get what I'm saying, other people of other races with who are activists, I think you have to realize a lot of this was a strategic planning. And I feel like right now we're just kind of so angry. We're not thinking about everything. Yeah. Especially with all the, you know, the <clears throat> the burning down things, which I I understand both sides. And I understand a lot of people did a lot of officers and just other groups kind of did start those protests. I'm not protests, but those um what's the word I'm looking for? Destruction. So but I I just feel like we just have to really be strategic and really think about ways to fight still and get what we deserve, but in a way that will benefit and not just for right now, but for a long term. Cause rules can always change again. So something I've been hearing is that they need to like make, like federal police rules because right now like their rules of whether or not they they can wear a body cam or whether or not people can even record them like that's all like a state by state kind of city by city thing Mm -hmm. but i feel like if we make like federal police rules that every every state has to follow no matter what that could help for one which i think that should have been done anyway (laughs) Which I didn't know was a thing that, like, wasn't done. So, uh, I just think the government needs to step in a little more. And, it, I don't know, to me, it just seems like nobody has been just doing anything. Like, we have a reality show being filmed at the White House because our president is just a reality star at this point. <laughs> <laughs> I get so, what you're like, saying. I just, it's like nothing's getting done I guess like I don't I don't know it's just a lot and I don't know why something as simple as don't kill me because of the color of my skin is something that people still can't get through their heads yeah I don't know I think it just goes back like I was saying um how people were raised and it's just sometimes when you're you so used to living one way, it's hard to see things from a different perspective. So a lot of people are stubborn. Just I'm stubborn too. I'm not gonna lie. So sometimes it is hard to change old behaviors and old patterns, you know. So. Yeah. I get you. I just wonder. Maybe this is a different conversation about the whole idea of Black Lives Matter. While I do agree with the statement, I just feel like 
the organization itself could be so much bigger in terms of what it's concerned with. Because a statement like Black Lives Matter to me is very wide. There's so many areas in the Black community where lives are lost that we don't talk about. Like, I don't think we're like, oh, you know, Black on Black crimes are myth, but it's not. And so, like, I don't know. My my problem isn't with the statement. It's more so with the organization. And I just wish that they would find a way to acknowledge all the Black lives lost every single year that are may not necessarily be tied to police brutality, that are tied to just recklessness in our own communities with us, the more likely the person who would kill you as a black person is another black person in your community compared to a cop. I don't know. It's just like, I'm happy that they're having this conversation and that we do need to have these conversations, but I feel like black people sometimes are just so focused on if something happens with a white person or another person of another race, but we don't ever want to talk about in mass what happens within our own, like our own groups, our own gatherings. I don't know. That's making sense. No, I get. We only care when it's like somebody that looks different than us hurting one of us, and like there's mass outrage for that, but there's not mass outrage for typically there's not mass outrage for like when it's someone that looks like us hurting one of us. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Like, there is black on black crime too. And I know a lot when you bring that up, a lot of people in the black community do get irritated and they don't want to talk about it. And I think it is something that we need to address within our community and not just with black on black crime, but just things that we could do better together as a, you know, a community. Yeah. So I, I agree on that. I definitely get where you're coming from. and stuff have you guys talked to like your siblings about like the movement and how they feel about it because my sister called me last week and she was like I don't like that people are like looting and like burning down stuff and I was like, yeah, I don't like that either. But what I really don't like is someone, an innocent person being killed. And I hate how people are bringing up the looting and all that. When the main conversation, like the reason why it's happening is because of something way worse than stealing a Gucci bag. Like at the end of the day, things can be replaced. Buildings can be rebuilt. You can't get back alive. So, and I mean, I don't condone of it, but really at the end of the day, like don't, so don't do small businesses, like don't burn down small businesses. I don't think people should do that. But these big corporations, these big companies, they have insurance on these stores. And most likely you're doing them a favor because they haven't been able to sell anything. Dead. <laughs> <laughs> so they just get the money back in their insurance and then that's that. So and then some of the people that are like looting and rioting are not part of the movement. They're just opportunists. So that's why that statement irritates me too, when people like just bring that up. But That's just how I feel about that. Did you see those pictures where they were putting like bricks around? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. Like ridiculous. Which was stupid. <laughs> that's, what I'm, that's what I was saying earlier. Like some people are literally intentionally starting right. these riots and then blaming black people, of course, that we started it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> which is stupid. Um. But yeah, my sister, um, Emery, has been very involved. I don't have to talk to her because she will voice it every five seconds about how she feels. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, even my parents have gotten to a point where they're like, Emery, I can't talk to you about this anymore today. <laughs> because <laughs> she's just super passionate about it since she wants to go to law school for... I don't, I don't think she wants to be, like, a civil rights attorney. She, she wants to do something in that area, though. So she's been really, like, talking about it. And she wants to start her a different organization because she knows she goes to A&M. So 
I don't have to say much about that, but <laughs> she wants to start a, a black organization on there too, which I think is really cool. And she always looks up um, police videos and whatnot, trying to educate herself and just things like that. So she, I, I'm proud of my sister because if she really wants to learn about something and passionate, she'll take it into her own, uh, uh, to her own to actually research and follow up on things and not just, um, I guess, believe everything that's out there, but actually t- is taking the time to learn about things. Cause we, as a black people can learn about our own community better too. Cause there's a lot of things that we don't even know, including myself. So I think this is a good time for people just to read and learn as much as we can. And not even just because of this whole situation, but just in general, I definitely get you I think it's a point of discussion right now in a lot of black households and like a lot of friends um, just where do we because we are the next generation of leadership we're the next generation that's gonna um, have children or just be empowered in a way like where do we want to steer the community is I think another part of the conversation we should be having yeah um, or like, where, what do we see that we want for our community as a whole? Um, that um, it's part of the conversation we should be having because it's a lot. It it's is just like a lot to digest and unpack. Digest, and unpack. Um, but yeah, I've been talking to my sister, and I need to actually talk to her from a perspective of like being a mother of a black boy. Like, how is she? You know feels about that I haven't specifically talked to her about that but we've talked about you know everything going on and how we're obviously heartbroken for all those families when I oh sorry this is because I'm um this is odd but like babyname.org or something like that they dedicated their page to all the black people who've been killed by police brutality in the last 10 years and it was like before they were a hashtag, they were somebody's baby. And like yeah. someone, somebody like gave them a name and all that stuff. And I just thought that was, that was like one of the most chilling ones to me, not like from a big brand, but like that was just a great example to me because it was just, it was just like humanizing them instead of just making them a hashtag and a tragic tale. But like they were literally somebody's child. Um, but yeah, just talking to my sister, she, we've just been talking about how we feel as if we feel as if nothing is gonna change until literally I don't know I feel like all hell would have to break loose for things to actually change like and truly be bad for things to get to moving and shaking but I feel like both of us are sort of just at a standstill um just because we're we've talked about it so much over the years um but yeah all right um so I guess how do you feel I know you asked this or you brought it up but how do you feel that the world sees black people versus I guess how you see yourself (laughs) I thought I was gonna make y'all think today but I guess I'm one where like some days it's just like scary like every time I walk into like a store that like predominantly white people shop at I have to think, are they thinking, do they think I'm going to steal something? Or when I say police car, um, double check if I'm doing the speed limit. Like, I'm like, I don't want to get pulled over and something happened to me. So, um, right now with all the tension, it's just a lot of like paranoia (laughs) because um, some white people are like being like, really like weirdly nice <laughs> yeah. and other people are just being blankly racist 
So, like, right now, it's, like, <laughs> good or bad. Like, there's, like, no in-between anymore. There's no, like, hiding it. Like, so it's just, it's just weird. Yeah, I feel you. I don't know. Go ahead. No, you can go. <laughs> I just, I feel like how I see myself was so much shape. I like, I like when you know when you're young, you just want to fit in with your peers, and most of your peers are white. So like, that's how you view yourself. Like getting rid of those views of yourself, of myself or yourself, has sort of been hot, like taking a process, but um. I just feel like black people like our age are so happy to be black and we're proud of being black and we're elated to be black and like we want to pass that down to the future generations and I just feel like there are some there's some white folks who are like you're my brother or you know like you're my brother you're my sister like we're all human beings and like that is the bottom line that's all that matters but I do know like there I'm not gonna be ignorant of that that there are some folks of whatever their race may be who view me truly as lesser than, but it's not to the degree of, like, old South racism, but it's, like, it's just, like, that, those, like, subliminal things where they view you as lesser than, and, like, they don't realize that's what they're doing, but it's what they're doing. I don't know if that makes sense, but... Microaggressions. Yeah. Basically, I'm not one to get, like, try and get really upset about those, but there are certain ones that do make my blood boil. Like, you're so well-spoken. That one. Yeah. It's me. <laughs> going. The one we would get, me and my sisters would get all the time if we were kids that we were so well-behaved. And I guess, like, as a kid, that comment doesn't mean anything. But the older I got, I'm just like, that was, like, really rude to, to tell my parents that we're so well-behaved. <laughs> so yeah those little comments like they, they are pretty irritating <laughs> because mm-hmm. it's like what what are you what's the scale you're comparing this to <laughs> right we know what it is right we know what <laughs> everybody knows what it is but i don't know like my mom told me a few days ago when I was like two, so of course I don't remember this, but <laughs> she was like, I think we were in a store and this white lady came by and was like, oh, she's dressed so well. And I'm just like, well, my mom was like, okay, of course, like, I'm not about to sit here and not give my child the best that she deserves. Like, you know, just because I'm black doesn't mean I don't have money yeah. or I don't have, I'm on food stamps and whatnot. <laughs> No offense to people who are, but I'm just making that point that I know sometimes when people say that, they're automatically assuming that because you're black, you don't have certain things. Yeah. Which is... Especially travel. Like, traveling while black is, like, a whole different story. (laughs) Girl. (laughs) A couple times when I used to travel, I would, like, upgrade to, like, business economy because I would fly southwest. And I think business economy is, like, the highest one they have. Mm-hmm. So, like, just people just, like, are you sure you're in the right line? Or, like, um, you know, the look, the, even the um, person that scans your ticket kind of gives you and is surprised to see that it's green. Like, just ridiculous stuff like that still happens. And that's pretty annoying, too. So do you think you should call out people when they're doing it at that point? Because some people, like you said, really don't know that it's rude or they don't even know that they're doing it. It's just so natural. Mm -hmm. I think it's two things. Like some people, they mean well, but it's just the combination of words. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Like the point with your mom, like I think she probably meant like, oh, you know, most people don't dress their kids up anymore. She like, I like the outfit she has on her. She could have phrased that better. That's probably what she meant, but she phrased that in such a way. Yeah. I just also feel that, I don't know. I just feel like I don't want to call out people all the time, but at the same time, like when it's something so blatantly like rooted in racist or backwards thinking, I do think there's definitely time to call that out. Like Tierra, you were saying like, on the flight are you sure you're supposed to be in this line 
Like, I would have mm-hmm. to have a, a word with whoever said that. I sure would, too. Shoot. I'm like, uh, do you see this ticket? Right. <laughs> Mm-mm. Then I get one to get petty. Nope. And that caused a whole mess. <laughs> but no, you could, I think in some certain situations, you might have to call out people. And I know it's annoying because it's not going to be the first and the last time, but at least with by you calling out that person in a respectful way, you can at least get them thinking. So next time it, they won't do it to somebody else, you know, or it'll just have them thinking that, okay, maybe I need to really evaluate how I'm talking to other people and what I'm saying. So. Yeah. Some people like it, it's taught, it's a taught behavior and taught line of thought. So, like, they never yeah. probably actually sat down and thought about it until you're like, hey, that's actually offensive. <laughs> like, slick <laughs> like, racist. Um, another one that kills me outside of the you're so well-spoken is, um, gosh, you were so pretty. Like, every single time you see me, like, that is the equivalent of <laughs> black person. Like, when you overemphasize, like, how pretty a black woman is. It's just like, okay. I guess I haven't experienced that one. So I don't know, but I get what you're saying. Like how some people really do fetishize, fetishize over black women. Yeah. And it's. Have you seen those like posts going around? Like what not to say to a black woman? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I've never been with a black woman before. This girl's like, I'm not a guinea pig or a gerbil. Like, this is not a test run. Right. Girl, I can apply that in other areas. But, no, I... Like, I don't understand how people... That's such a turn off. Like, okay. Like, just have a normal conversation. I may actually already like you. Like, you making it... You messing it up by you... Like, you're just messing this up. <laughs> Oh my gosh. <laughs> I don't know. I've been thinking about it a lot lately. And I know we kind of talked about this last week. Um, but I was like really writing it down. And I feel like I view myself essential and the world also views me as essential, but in different areas or different ways, if that makes sense. Like, I feel like I'm an essential black woman because I feel valued or respected or needed and wanted. But sometimes I feel the world views me as essential from a more of an economical or entertainment or cultural perspective, meaning they love our culture. They want it for everything. They see it sells. They see, you know, for sports, a lot of people, most people are black. (laughs) They can sit around for three and a half hours watching us. And then for economics, even just going back to slavery and whatnot, we've always kind of been used in that regard so for me it just feels like a lot of companies and a lot of people just in general see see me as are see me as essential for their money if that makes sense so that's kind of what i've been feeling lately especially with like i was saying before with all these businesses coming out all of a sudden i'm like this is not the first time it's happened my thing is are you I always think like a straw for, but it seems like everybody. Like, why was it this? Like, this has happened dozens of times. Right. And why was it this that people are like, oh, this is that? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's just kind of got me weary. Like, everybody's now donating to NAACP and all these other black orgs, but it's like, are you really just throwing cash to shut people up to make your business look out of look in the exception as if they're really caring for black people or do you genuinely care about black people because i just feel like some of these companies are just covering themselves up because they see that black people really do carry the weight for their money and for buying things from their company so by um saying that by posting it or by giving money that's the way of like oh okay we good now y'all we we don't fool them, so <laughs> we can keep right. on getting some money. And then for other companies, it's like okay, they actually out there protesting. They're trying to have these 
dialogues. They're trying to have a better understanding of how it is to be black. So I, I just been really feeling confused. Like for some companies I can tell they're genuine, but for some, I'm just really like questioning it. If I have to question, I just feel like I'm not the only one who feels like that. So. Yeah. You're like everything you just said, Lauren, is definitely something just so you know, like brands are talking about and trying to understand like, do we just throw money? Do we make it a long-term goal to integrate people of color into our conversation and into our social feeds? Is it like, what are we doing as a brand? Are the people within our brand who work for us happy? Are we hearing them? Like this is like, so this is a conversation that's been going on for like a week. It's been going on for years and it's going to continue going on within major companies and industries in terms of like hearing black folks and people of color at large. Um, because like folks aren't like, I feel like this is this is finally going to wake some white colleagues up to be like, wow, like my other people, like the other people I work with really aren't happy or don't yeah. like, like, wow, like I'm not trying to say like every black person is ignorant to that fact or every person of color is not happy in their job or feel like they're not heard or has whatever it may be. But I feel like it's going to wake some people. It's definitely going to take some scales off of some people's eyes and be like, oh, I feel like this is definitely going to be a wake-up call. And, like, you have no choice but to sort of wake up to some degree because we're stuck at home now. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Shoot. I feel you. I don't know. I think it's interesting, though, with you being in advertising. I know you probably get that firsthand experience just of seeing how companies really do function and stuff so more so than what I could (laughs) (laughs) salute to y'all cause (laughs) I know it's hard working in a predominantly white job cause that's what I did for my uh, when I was in school and the people were really cool don't get me wrong like I, I enjoyed my job and my boss she was really sweet but out of a hundred nationalities being the only black person. I'm like, that's a problem. (laughs) That's a problem. And I I guess they felt bad. So they tried to hire some more black people. And I'm like, that doesn't make it better either because it's like, I mean, I don't know. But (laughs) I mean, yeah, just going to PWI and just experiencing that and just experiencing people of other people people of color that don't even like me and it's like dude they view us in the same boat i mean being called the having uh, somebody from middle eastern descent throw up gang signs at you in a whole gym you're the only black person in there trying to say the n-word i mean (laughs) i mean shoot it's just crazy how there are people of color who just disown other people of color because they feel they're better and from that's what I've experienced, like I said, going from to, going to UT and just yeah. being around that environment. So there's definitely a hierarchy which needs to be torn down. <laughs> Everybody getting mad at Trump, but I mean, I think metaphorically, a lot of us have built up these walls that we really do need to tear down <laughs> and really look at. Just how we function as people, too. Because it starts with yourself. You can't change somebody else if you're not right. So, I think definitely this is a (laughs) self-evaluation for everybody. And um, a global and state, a local (laughs) evaluation and whatnot. And did y'all see that picture of, like, the Democrats kneeling with, like, the... (laughs) Like, I'm like, <laughs> that may work for those millennials and whoever wants to see that, but they ain't <laughs> working on our agency, baby. Like, I laughed. <laughs> it looked like that was pure uh, entertainment for me. I'm like, how serious are you? Really? It's a reality show at this point. Our government is a huge reality show. Well, let me give me my check. Shoot, I think I deserve a payment <laughs> on all this. <laughs> I didn't ask for this. 
But shoot, <laughs> go ahead and pay my loans too while you at it. <laughs> I can definitely. About more, so because at the end of the day, like the government, the governor, I think it's either the governor or that appoints the um, police chief to these departments. Mm-hmm. So, and that's really where it starts. <laughs> Like, it's up to that police to really want reform and everything in the police department. So, just like voting, I hope more inspires more people to vote in their local elections because it, a lot of these they want to change can change. If people, you know, vote. Well. Yeah, because I know a lot of people are trying to vote, but there's a lot of um, just. Uh, laws put in place to make it hard for people to vote too so that's another problem that has been going on for a while yeah that needs to be fixed we can go on and on and on but it just gets exhausting it's like where do you start (laughs) and where do you start i like that oh gosh (laughs) Where do you think like our generation can start having a conversation about what we want to see change outside of our community and what we want to see change inside of our community? Because I feel like this is a such a huge conversation about not just police brutality, but like where we want to move forward. I don't know. Like, where do you think we should start? Like, what are the steps we should be taking? Reading. <laughs> and I know y'all laughing. But I'm saying reading because reading about our history, I feel like that's where it starts because you can't start anywhere if you don't know anything about your history. So I feel like a lot of instructions have already been given to us. Of course, there needs to be some few changes that apply to now, but I feel like a lot of the answers and a lot of the crucial elements have already been given to us. We're just not reading and studying. I feel like that's where we need to start. If I'm being honest. So. And then work our way up. <laughs> so I don't know if y'all feel the same or a different way we could start. I think if you know yourself, you know what's coming against you or what's already happening within your community. I agree with that. You have to be educated. I also think we need to be organized. Yes. Right? We may not agree on everything. There will definitely be some factions, but we need to be organized on what a few main goals are. Yeah. Like, damn, we can have different opinions, but we can't ensure our survival and our betterment if we disagree literally on every single thing. Mm-hmm. Which is something that a lot of other people don't understand that black people do have different beliefs and different ideologies. We don't all agree on the same thing. Yeah, we're not a monolith. Yeah. So, yeah, because we disagree something on the other day, and I was like, <laughs> I'm like, I don't agree with her on that, but it's all good. <laughs> but no, you and I. Yeah, but I think that's cool though because. Everybody's not going to always agree on everything, but some at least if you have the conversation, you know where somebody stands. So, I just think that's something we need to get better within the community, too, and outside of the community. It's just listening to each other. Listen to actually understand rather than just to give a response. Yeah. So... That's my opinion. <laughs> and what about what about you, um, uh, Tierra? Do you think we should? There's like a specific way we should start, or how? Um, I think it's really just like going. It's something that's in our system, so it's systematic. So just changing that system where, like, you know, black people can't get home loans and, 
because if you make a better quality of life for people, um, for one, that'll address some of the black on black crime. Because if you put people in these shitty situations and they can't get out of it, then yeah, <laughs> like what do you expect people to do? Like when desperation comes over a person, like that that's just it. So I think just providing and not just just black people, just even like poor white people. Like I discovered there's more <laughs> poor white people than there are black people. So just not making the gap so far between the wealthy and the poor and kind of closing that gap some will help some of these issues mm-hmm. and just proper training the different situations police deal with today will help with police reform because i really want to know the statistics of the situations where deadly force has to be used versus like just every day. And if a police officer just runs into a situation like that once every four months, like why are we teaching to use deadly and lethal force <laughs> when most of it is probably mental health issues or just, um, you know, just small disputes that people are calling the police just to de-escalate the situation, but now it seems like when you call the police, you just escalate it. So, there just needs to be a lot of change, and which I think is just something that's just built into the system of America, which keeping the rich rich and just the poor poor. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's just amazing that even like in the midst of this virus America still is not like everyone gets free health care like they sent us a $1,200 check <laughs> how many months ago now? girl I'm waiting on this second one <laughs> yeah so I just think our system is just really like truly broken mm. and it just it sucks like yeah we need to start over yeah, like that's really what needs to happen. And you know, that's just my opinion. <laughs> no, I I agree with you a hundred percent and I lost my train of thought. <laughs> I had something ready to say and I forgot. Because when we when we talk about what can we do to fix it, it's like well we can do this to fix this problem, but it is also intertwined into this problem. We can mm-hmm. do this to fix this problem, but it's also like all these problems are intertwined together. Yes, <laughs> it's not just this one problem, and we like move on to the next. Mm-hmm. Like these are all just like intertwined issues. So yeah, I feel there's you. Not, there's not a one answer fits all with this. <laughs> You're right. It's not, and I think that's hard too, which is different opinions. Like Alana was saying, you have to kind of, <laughs> you have to kind of not agree necessarily, but at least be on the same page when it comes to yeah. a lot of these things. And people aren't even on the page. Like, I don't think we should just get rid of police departments entirely, but should we review maybe the process of becoming a police officer I think that process needs to be just reviewed again mm-hmm. and I just learned that if you make a complaint on an officer it's not public information so things like that needs to be public information <laughs> <laughs> yeah and, I agree you know just the police being more transparent because when it comes to po- the police they're not very transparent like they can turn off their body cameras anytime they want. They can use lethal force anytime they want and hide behind their badge in court. Um, If people make, it doesn't matter how many complaints an officer gets, they will still stay on the force. So the police department just needs to be more transparent with the public too. Yeah, but I I just, I just feel like it's hard too, because I know 
some people were trying to just say, you know, before a person can become a police officer, maybe we shouldn't evaluate their racism. But people yeah. can lie all the time or fake it till they get in. So some people, some people are just blatantly that racist and will say that they are. Well, yeah, some people. <laughs> but I think the people that do lie, like eventually, if they make a more like transparent system where we can see how many people complain about them and what the complaints are about, you know, that'll help get those people off the force as well. And like just teaching the police, like, more peace like i don't know what the stats are between situations where they actually have to use deadly lethal force versus just like situations where they have to just de-escalate it because i don't think they run into those situations where they have to use their last resort a lot in my opinion if anything maybe once a month (laughs) yeah so there needs to be more training on how to de-escalate situations how to be the mediator in situations and not how to escalate a situation from a fake $20 bill resulting in taking a life. <laughs> Cause that's just ridiculous. That yeah. should have never happened. Right. I completely understand on that. Yeah. I don't know. It's just like you said, it's just everything is kind of entangled. So it's yeah. hard to, completely solve something else without intervening into something else so i mean yeah maybe we do need to not even a maybe we kind of do need not even a kind of <laughs> let me yeah take school reform like maybe we should give kids um in lower class areas better schools and actually get them books and everything because them, their schools being defunded means they probably don't have any after-school activities. And so if a kid doesn't have after-school activities, then they're introduced to gang violence and just, like, non-positive things to do with yeah. their free time. And to those kids, it's like, they get into that stuff so young, so it's it's their life at that point. Mm-hmm and just not giving those kids that are in poorer areas they don't have the same opportunities that even i have being like in a middle class area and they definitely don't have the same opportunities someone that's probably going to a private school has so even like leveling the playing field when it comes to education would help there be less violence which means less crime which means less um not use of the police but like maybe less um calls to police where they might have to use deadly force so just providing people a way out of the situation they're in would help (laughs) yeah i definitely agree that would help but then i think you just have to think about how there are people who are not even in that situation and just because of somebody's bias or because of their racism, that person still ends up dead. So it I don't know if it would help for maybe a potential officer to go into that area to really get to learn the community and be around people to really yeah, see. Hire police officers that are like from that area, like try to like keep them in the area they were born and raised in or you know that they know really well because then they know the people and they know what actual suspicious activity to look for (laughs) things like that yeah and plus you're just getting closer to the community so you're less in i'm not gonna say less inclined but you have a better relationship with the community and that that will i think kind of help both sides to to know you can kind of trust the police rather than feeling like you can't even call them for help because you might be killed trying to report something. Yeah. I don't know if I told you, but that store, the check, I don't, I don't remember what store it was, but they said that they're never going to call the police ever again because they didn't expect a 
potentially fraudulent twenty dollar bill. They didn't even confirm if it was fraudulent or not to resort to resort to that. So the owner of that store put out a statement saying that they're just not.